Welcome into the Fog.net podcast. Michael Swain here alongside Scott Chasen, and today we've got a special podcast for you. We're going to focus specifically on the 2021 recruiting cycle for both football and basketball. We're in the midst of um, the start of probably a couple weeks or maybe even a month or so of quarantine, but something else that was you know, impacted with uh, the outbreak of coronavirus has been the recruiting cycle for football specifically. Um, we're kind of in the part of the season where spring practices would have been starting up. Uh, recruits would have been coming up onto campus for some visits um, once the period went live. Um, but a lot of that has changed, and KU has adapted to that. They had a, a virtual junior day because they were supposed to have a junior day uh, last Saturday on the 21st of March, but that had to be canceled. Uh, and in just talking to some of the recruits uh, early on, it felt like it was a good reception to the online junior day. What they did was they had kind of an itinerary of online kind of 360 videos that they could show recruits, um, some still pictures that were like inside the locker room, um, basically taking recruits on a tour of campus, on a tour of Lawrence, kind of showing them different parts of KU's campus and different things that they would see on those visits that they were not able uh, to do. Um, And Scott, and from what you've heard from other recruits, what's kind of their uh, reaction to it been? Yeah, well, I, t- I talked to a few who, who participated, and look, I, I think people are just looking for something to do, so credit to Kansas for taking advantage of that, because I think no matter what they did, it was going to be interesting, just because it was something different, and, and no, I've heard it was well-received from the, the dozens and dozens of people who participated, and I think there were some FaceTimes and some calls with some KU coaches, uh, and, and certainly a, a few of the guys I talked to, which you can read uh, all up on the, all about on the site, uh, uh, really took to it and, and, and really uh, obviously enjoyed it. So um, I, I think it was well-received. I think it was a better idea um, and, and just good to take advantage of a time when, you know, everyone's kind of stuck at home and, and looking for something to do. Definitely. I totally agree with the the idea aspect of that too. You know, when, if you're a Kansas and you're not necessarily a powerhouse when it comes to football, I think trying to find as many different ways to be show yourself as creative or different from kind of the other schools you're competing against, I think that can only help you. Um, so, but diving into that 2021 football class, um, right now KU has five commits. Uh, most recently, Devin Neal out of Lawrence High School. Uh, Scott, I know you talked to Devin uh, and talked to him about his commitment and uh, also talked to other guys around Kansas, Kevin Flaherty specifically, who knows a lot about uh, the local recruiting scene. And the reason this feels like a big commitment, Scott, and let me know what you think here is the fact that you look at some of the local products in the last couple of years. Uh, you think about Keenan Garber going to Kansas state, uh, Turner Cochran leaving uh, Lawrence free state and going to Nebraska. He was a highly rated offensive tackle. Um, this feels like another step in the right direction, at least uh, on the terms of the local recruiting footprint for Kansas. Yeah. There, and, and there's been some questions about that, you know, obviously some well-documented cases where in-state guys may have not had opportunities that they thought they were going to get. You know, you think about a guy like Jalen Richardson, but no, I, I think this is a great pickup. And yeah, I did, a, I did have a chance for just a brief back and forth with him. And, and then we're going to have a, a pretty in-depth sit down over this weekend, or I guess a phone call, not sit down just to uh, kind of figure out um, uh, a little bit more, but everyone I talked to, you mentioned, uh, or, or I talked to Kevin Flaherty and, and, People just raved about him. I talked to Steve Wiltfong of, uh, you know, one of our national recruiting guys, and and same thing. He was telling me he's been really impressed by what he's seen. I think he's a versatile back. 
Uh, that doesn't mean you move him around. I think there's value to having a versatile running back. Sometimes when you say, well, you can line him up here, you can line him up there, people say, well, why not make him this? Why not make him a wide receiver? Uh, I think you like him running out of the backfield, a little bit of a thicker build. Uh, and, and I think you like the potential that he gives you to uh, give defenses a lot of looks. So is he going to come in and, you know, I trying to think about age and, and where Puka would be. I guess Puka will be going into his junior year, likely leaving. So is he going to come in and, and usurp a junior Velton Gardner right away? Uh, probably not, but is he going to be a big pickup and will he lead to maybe some more pickups? I think that's kind of what you look at and you're pretty happy with. Yeah, definitely. I feel like if you do look at the the running back room right now, he does fit in in terms of just the timeline of it with, you think about an Amari Pesekixen uh, who will join KU this fall. Um, in terms of other guys that KU has in the 2021 class, um, the four or some other names that maybe fans should be accustomed to hear about would be uh, Ben Easters and Magic Rector. I know Magic specifically, I talked to him when he committed back in July. Um, he's someone that in terms of uh, potential, he's a 5'9 wide receiver, a little bit on the smaller side. But in terms of what he brings, you know, shiftiness and uh, in terms of creating, he's another one of those guys that could, you know, come in under Emmett Jones. He is from Texas as well, and Emmett Jones uh, got recruit, uh, and he's someone that eventually, you know, I feel like could turn into a solid player out of the slot. He's someone that, in terms of route running right now, he does a lot with outside coaches. Um, I believe one of them is a four BYU wide receiver, um, if I remember uh, that conversation correctly about who it was. But he's someone that, uh, if you can keep in this class, feels like a big deal. He doesn't necessarily have a ton of uh, power five offers at the moment, but he's someone that, depending on how that senior season goes, could pick up a bunch of offers as well. Um, yeah. And uh, Scott, I know you've talked to Ben at least and are a little bit more familiar with his recruitment. Um, maybe what's certain things that fans should know about him or in terms of maybe just the quarterback position as well in this class? Yeah, well, real quick, just going back to Magic, I mean, good athleticism, good vertical, good measurables, great shiftiness. I think he had like a 4-2 shuttle or something crazy like mm -hmm. that, so that's all great. I think for him, though, he's got to add strength uh, because totally. right now he projects as a good gadget player, but I'm not sure what else. And you've seen guys like Quan Hampton, uh, you know, again, Texas guy, come to KU and, and it hasn't worked out because he's got certain tools, but he's never able to extend them more and, and especially just staying healthy, staying on the field. So I think Magic's got some work to do there. But but like you said, I think he's a uh, he's rated as like, a, I would say, about a mid-tier three-star prospect. And I, I think that's pretty, pretty exact for him. Now, Ben Easters is kind of interesting. He's a little bit lower on that kind of three-star tier, but I know some of our recruiting guys really like him. Uh, I think he's capable of making a lot of difficult throws, including going deep, putting a lot of touch on the ball. And, you know, just talking to Ben, he he really likes what KU is doing offensively. And let, let's flip that around and say, well, why does KU like Ben Easters? Uh, he plays in, in a high school offense that has been described to me as as complex as a lot of college offenses. So, uh, when you think about Brent Deerman, do you think about, well, let's just stick a fantastic, you know, dual threat, crazy playmaker back there and see what happens? That's not really what Brent Deerman does. He wants his quarterback reading the box. He wants him, uh, you know, going through reads, making decisions, progressions, changing the play if need be. He doesn't want, you know, the takeoff, improvise and do something wacky. Now he would take a, you know, a Todd Reesing, a Johnny Manziel, whatever. He would take that guy. But if you're going to ask him what's the base to build off, he's going to want that really smart guy who can make good decisions and who knows where to put the ball and then obviously has the talent. So I think uh, I think Ben Easters falls into that category. And 
you know, if he does remain in the class, I think he really likes what Brent Bierman does. And I, I could imagine that just the system he's kind of grown up in, that's a good fit. Uh, you look at the other two wide receivers too, Jedi Henry and, and Kellen Robinson. I think they're both interesting because they're both bigger frame guys. Uh, maybe, you know, could stand to get a little faster, maybe could stand to, to work on running and sprinting form. Uh, but I think both are intriguing just because, uh, you know, you don't know how many guys in this class are going to stick around just big wide receiver targets, but that's what Les Miles wants. That's what he likes. Uh, and even if it's Brent Dearman's offense, you know, it never hurts to have that guy that you can just throw the ball up to. Um, and let him go make a play. You know, you think about that streak where Jeremiah Booker had a bunch of touchdowns and like back-to-back-to-back games and just having one or two of those guys who are really capable. And, you know, obviously they added a few of those guys in, in the previous class. I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, Tristan Golight, uh, Golightly, first of all, like he could basically be a tight end and, and they're sticking them at wide receivers. So that tells you something about what they want in their wideouts. Uh, I, I think that's where you look at this class and say, You've got three guys. None of them are perfect, uh, but you know certainly I, I think the chances they're all top one thousand players. By the way, uh, certainly the chances there for them them all to be uh, pretty good. All, all top one thousand skill position players, I should say. Definitely, and I think fans too. If you are a little worried about the amount of wide receivers Kansas has taken in the two classes, um, or at least these full two cycles, you think about the Tristan Gulightlies, the Lawrence Arnolds. Um, they, KU picked up a couple others in this most recent class. But if you look at the names that are departing or departing after this season, you're losing Andrew Parchment. You're losing Stephon Robinson, Kwame Lasseter, probably Ezra Naylor too. And then you also had Evan Fares and Quan Hampton transfer out of the program. So right now, trying to replenish that wide receiver core uh, is something that needs to be done just for in terms of just roster turnover and trying to balance it out. Um, but that'll do it right now for the football aspect of things. We'll shift over now. Um, to basketball in the 2021 class uh, and looking ahead now we're not talking about you know the departures of like Devon Dotson and Yudoka Azbuki we're talking about after next season so that would mean that Marcus Garrett will be gone after his senior season Mitch Lightfoot will be gone after his retreat senior season um, so that's two open scholarships you have right there um, and then also you're looking at maybe Bryce Thompson if he is a one and done you're looking at three scholarships and then Silvio De Sosa is someone that depending on what happens this summer, he could be a senior next year and could graduate after that. And then UB have four open scholarships. So yeah, I, know I, I think Todd, just jumping in on that real quick, yeah, I, I think for sure, I, I don't think Bryce Thompson will be a one and done. I, I don't think that's the expectation, but I do think the names you, you mentioned a lot of them, David McCormick, it, it's probably not super likely he's going to stay past three years because he's going to have the chance for a big role. So you're probably looking at replacing David McCormick, Mitch Lightfoot, Marcus Garrett, Silvio de Sosa at a minimum. Uh, I think that's where it starts. And then Tyon Grant Foster has been described to me as an NBA guy uh, and a starter from day one. So I think if you want to have this conversation, the way to do it is to frame it as who is Kansas's starting lineup next year. And I think you're probably looking at some combination of Marcus Garrett, uh, Bryce Thompson, Tyon Grant Foster, either you know Ochai Abaji or Mitch Lightfoot, and then David McCormick, maybe Mitch Lightfoot at the five. Uh, you know, maybe Christian Brown, Tristan Anaruna, or Jalen Wilson can sneak in, but you'll have a hard time convincing me that uh, Marcus Garrett is not going to start, that Bryce Thompson yeah. is not going to start, that Tyon Grant Foster is not going to start, based off what we've heard. Now that that all can change. Uh, and, and the same thing about Mitch Lightfoot and David McCormick, just because, you know, Mitch came back for the whole idea of having the chance to start, and, and David McCormick, if, if he is back for a junior year, you know, it's probably time for him to start too. Uh, so, I think you start to look at it and, and say that Kansas is probably going to need to take some bigs 
uh, in this class. Now, uh, one they just offered, uh, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm probably going to mispronounce his name, but it's it's Frank, I believe, is the first name or something uh, like that. It's F-R-A-N-C-K, and then the last name is K-E-P-N-A-N-G. Uh, he's a top 40, top 30, depending on what you're looking at. Uh, 24-7 Sports Composite has him at uh, number 24. Uh, number 24 overall, he's a center, 6'10". I believe he might be from Cameroon, like uh, obviously Joel Embiid. So, you know, that's an interesting name that KU kind of just jumped in on, that he has some high major interest. Uh, and funny enough, his scouting report and player comparison done by Jerry Meyer this year is to Silvio de Sosa. So that tells you a little oh. bit of what you're getting because obviously if you're listening to this, you probably know what that is. I think he just took a visit to Maryland. He's got uh, other interests, schools like uh, Illinois, Kentucky, uh, he got an Illinois offer. I believe Ohio State is offered. So obviously some high major interest, uh, power five interest, and it'll be just kind of interesting to see what develops there. That's the name in terms of big men that, you know, right now I think it's hard to tell just because I, it wouldn't shock me if KU went heavy into the transfer market or attempted to because uh, you've got Jethro. I, I don't 100% know how to say his last name. I believe it's is Muscadin. It Muscadin? That's how he said it to me, but I've heard others pronounce it differently, including voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney. So, um, you know, I would trust that he got a pronunciation somewhere. So um, either way, you're going to have him for multiple years. Uh, he may he may even redshirt next year. Uh, beyond that, you're going to need some bigs. So, you know, that's one name that's interesting to me. There are some others, but we're not going to get into every single player K was offered here. But I think it is worth going over a few of the names that are uh, maybe some of the bigger targets that, that KU has in the class. So I'm not sure who you wanted to start with, but we yeah. can go from there. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think a big one that is a name to watch is Kendall Brown. Uh, he's a guy from Wichita. He's been up to campus on, on several visits. I mean, I think about this season and the visitors that we've had, it feels like in, in terms of the guys that KU had, he was one of the most frequent visitors this season. So um, without knowing a, a whole lot in terms of just personally with that recruitment, it does feel like from the outside looking in there that KU's in a good spot there. I know Tamar Bates, uh, a local kid, got an offer uh, a few months ago. Uh, he's someone that, again, another guy that it depends on what happens, but he's a guard that you could look to come in. Uh, and also depends on what happens with, you think about the guys like Latrell Josell, if they end up sticking around. So there's a lot of flexibility there in terms of scholarships. Um and then I know Harrison Ingram is someone that uh, KU's had up on a visit, and I know you've talked to him a couple times. He does have two Stanford crystal balls that are from January, um, but we are still pretty early in the whole 2021 cycle, so a lot of things can change from here until the end of the cycle. Yeah, uh, starting with Kendall Brown, I think like this is the best-case scenario. I'm not making this comparison, but if you want a KU guy that you you know you think about his game – like he's not Josh Jackson because Josh Jackson was like the number one recruit, but he's an athletic wing. He handles the ball a little bit. He passes, he plays, he's quick off his feet, good burst gets to the rim. Uh, and his jump shot also has some problems and kind of looks a little bit like Josh Jackson's, which is not a compliment, but uh, you know, he, if it was a perfect jump shot, then he would be the number one recruit in the nation instead of a, a top 20 guy. So uh, still very talented kid, obviously close to campus. He's, he's certainly been up a bunch of times. Uh, so, uh, you know, at least my conversations with him, um, I've probably talked to him five or six times on the phone and others over text. I think he does like the KU program. I think he's got a lot of suitors, though. Uh, same with Harrison Ingram. KU has made him a priority. They've flown down, seems like a billion times to Texas just to check out guys down there with, uh, you know, whether it's Jaron Howard, Bill Self, whoever it is. Jaron Howard traditionally recruits that area, uh, but Ingram has heard from different guys, at least what he told me. So, uh, 
I think those are two like wing names. Tamar Bates is interesting just because uh, the comparison Norm Roberts gave him, uh, I guess he told him in person, this is what Tamar told me, was that he kind of has like a Marcus Garrett type game, which is obviously very hmm. high praise. I'm not necessarily sure that's the case, but he's a, he's a guy who's worked really hard, improved his game uh, out of the Kansas City area too. So, uh, you know, I think his offer is is committable and legitimate. And, you know, it's, it's just kind of interesting because I'm skeptical they'd add more names in this class. I don't think there will be outside of transfers. I, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think a guy like a Donovan Williams, who who can use a good player, could could certainly be a pretty you know talented, good shooting wing uh, when he's hitting. Uh, I don't I don't expect him to end up in Kansas. I think there's a reason the Jayhawks haven't offered. But he's also close with a guy like Hunter. I believe it's pronounced Solace, um, who is his uh, his position has changed a little bit on our on our site. I believe what he's listed at, but I think currently he's a combo guard, a six three combo guard, and. Uh, you know, out of Nebraska, he's a, again, another good player. Now he's got a lot of interests, schools like Gonzaga and, and Louisville and UCLA and Nebraska. And so again, it's not, it's not really just Kansas for any of these guys, but, uh, removing Tamar Bates from the guys we've talked about, these are all, you know, really highly thought of recruits. Uh, Hunter's ranked, you know, 30 and 29, depending on what you look at. And he's the lowest ranked of those three, uh, you know, out there on the wing. So you know, yes, KU could stand to add a guard or two in the upcoming classes, but, you know, you got Dewan Harris, who's going to be there a long time. You got a couple years of Bryce Thompson, probably got Christian Brown around a few years. Uh, you know, same with maybe Jalen Wilson, Tristan, and Aruna, considering that, or, uh, you know, as long as neither of them transfer. So uh, I, I think you got potential for the backcourt to be in a good position. You're just going to need to reload, though. You know, after these two years, you're losing Doak, you're losing Devon, you're losing in, in, you know, two years, Marcus Garrett, those are your core three guys. You're losing Silvio. You're losing Mitch. You're probably losing David. You're losing maybe Tyon Grant Foster. You know, you're losing Isaiah Moss. Over a course of two years, that's a lot of players to lose. So I, I just don't think it hurts to replenish the stock uh, everywhere. And it'll be interesting to see how much KU, how many big men KU even goes after, go after, goes after would be the way to say that, right? Uh, just because, who knows, maybe they've decided one big is the way of the future and, and they're just going to work around it now, but uh, obviously that remains to be seen. Sure thing. I think KU's in a really interesting spot just in terms of roster construction of what they can do. Um, you think about some of the younger guys you mentioned, Dewan Harris. Uh, I mentioned Latrell Giselle earlier, just in terms of guys that um, are coming to KU, they're in the backcourt. Um, any other names you feel like fans should know about or anyone that you feel like is important to update before we get out of here? Yeah. I mean, there are a few other, it, it, it's just funny because you start looking down the list, like you, you can mention someone like, again, I hope I'm saying his name right, like an Alex Tuchoku or like it, just whoever you go down the list and there are so many talented guys that, that Kansas has shown interest or offered or contacted or had up for a visit. Um, I think the guys we've touched on for now are kind of the core group of names, but, but again, you know, there, the plan was to bring in Matthew Hurd and Jeremiah Robinson Earl and then Kasha Stanley and you know, sometimes your plan changes and you end up with different guys. And in some cases, it ends up being great for you. You end up with a Christian Brown uh, who ends up being pretty good right away. And a guy in Tristan and Aruna, uh, I know the staff thinks uh, highly of in, in the long term. So short answer, yes, there are other names, but there are a lot of other names. There are a lot of other guys. And, and <laughs> of course. you know, e even locally, there are other guys. So, uh, you know, I, I just think it's interesting. It remains to be seen kind of what they do, but you know, if, if you go to our site, kansas.247sports.com, we'll always keep you updated on the latest. 
Yep, of course. And thank you guys always for listening. Uh, I know it is a tough time for a lot of people out there, but we appreciate the listen. Um, as always, stay tuned to Fog.net and Kansas.247sports.com for all sorts of KU content. I know I've got some recruiting stories coming out uh, in the next week, and we'll continue to keep you updated. A bunch of really good stories coming out uh, within the next couple of weeks. As always, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at mswain 97 You can follow Scott on Twitter at Chase Scott. And with that said, we will talk to you next time.